You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 4-8 of the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and the only host for this episode of the show. If you heard us talk about it on last week's show, uh, there was a potential for uh, Mr. Raffoff to not be with us this evening. Um, Legitimate reason, though. Legitimate reason. I'll give him that. And If you didn't hear, um, Justin and his lovely wife, Jamie, were expecting their second child, and... uh, she gave birth this past week, so uh, Justin has been taking care of uh, uh, the new baby, the new baby boy, and, uh, you know, father uh, responsibilities, husband responsibilities come first, and we uh, congratulate Justin, Jamie, and Austin uh, for welcoming the new member to their family, and we uh, wish them all the best, and hopefully uh, Justin can be back soon, both to uh, work you know, at the school, as well as uh, football activities, but we know that he's got... um bigger things on his plate at the moment, so we do want to congratulate uh, the whole Raffoff family for the birth of their uh, their second boy this past week. So, uh, But football-related, it is going to just be me tonight, so uh, if, if, if I'm your least favorite of the host, you're going to have to deal with it for an episode at least, and uh, we most likely are facing a show that won't be super long because it's just me talking, I don't have anyone to... Uh, to bounce my thoughts off of or get input or a second opinion from anyone else. So I'm just kind of going to be here blabbing about the Red Lion victory and the pending matchup with Harrisburg. Again, we're in the the beginning stages or towards the middle stages of the 2018 PIAA District 3 6A playoffs. Quarterfinals over, semifinals set up. We're in the final four of the District 3 playoffs. And Wilson is left standing. We actually saw it completely chalk in the bracket this week with victories by the numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4 seeds. Wilson the 4, Harrisburg the 1, traveling traveling to Severance Field this Saturday, not Friday, Saturday, November 10th, 1 o'clock kickoff against the Cougars. And on the other side of the bracket, whoever wins between Wilson and Harrisburg will meet the winner of Central Dolphin, the three, and Mannheim Township, the two. Those teams have played uh, earlier this year. They played in week, I want to say, or game three. Let's not get into the week discussion because we know how that goes. Uh, Week zero is game one for most teams in the state. Then week one is game two. So it can get a little bit dicey for those um, used to the traditional you know, game one, week one, which makes the most sense to me. But hey, I don't have any say in what happens with the PIAA or in District 3, as you can tell from the lack of a game stream Friday night. Uh, despite my attempts to get District 3 to change their mind about the uh, odd decision to disallow live streams for a fee, mind you. This wasn't just, hey, we're going to do this and you're not going to get anything out of it. No, District 3 got their cut. Last year, they got over $1,100 from people sponsoring the stream that I did. 
and District 3 didn't have to do anything to get that money. This year they decided not to do it, and I feel with, uh, well, the way the weather went Friday night and the number of people that didn't show up to games throughout the district, that they're probably um, kicking themselves because that free money that they were getting from the streams didn't come in, and now they have low gate returns because the weather was awful. For those of you that weren't at Gursky, couldn't make it, or out of town, the weather throughout um, much of uh, central, south central, southeastern, eastern Pennsylvania, up to northeast to uh, up towards Allentown, had significant flooding, massive rain. You know, attendance was down because, hey, I don't blame you. I mean, I thankfully got to stand under a tent to take my pictures. Uh, otherwise, it would have been a brutal, brutal uh, weather scenario to watch a football game. But you know, that's the way it works. I don't think the uh, the players, the people it's most important to, uh, mind, especially when you get a victory in the way, in the manner that they did. Wilson beating Red Lion 36 to nothing. It was the first playoff shutout by the Bulldogs since 2013 when that squad, who went undefeated in the regular season, was able to beat Penn Manor for a second time, this time 27 to nothing in the playoffs. Both of the games against Penn Manor, Penn Manor that year were at Gursky. And, uh, you know, 2013, you're thinking back, you know, it's five years ago now, but we're talking about, um, you know, Matt Timochenko, John Rafe Snyder, Madison Woodward, Steve Emerson, uh, Dominic Negrelli, a whole slew of former people. Those, those were all seniors on those teams, obviously. Um, underclassmen from 2014 were around and making contributions as well. But uh, just to name a few from the 2013 team that had the last playoff shutout, now we're on to 2018, and they pitch a shutout against Red Lion. Wilson also extended their um, victory streak against York Adams opponents in the playoffs to a uh, spotless 9-0. and They've never lost to a York Adams team in the playoffs. They've played those uh, four teams from York Adams that combined nine times and have come out victorious every time. I believe they've played York William Penn three times. Let's see, Central York three times. Red Lion now twice in back-to-back years, and Dallastown once. Uh, all of those victories, I think, coming since the playoffs expanded and now have dropped back down from 16 to 8. But um, in the last, all, the, all nine wins have come in the last, I think, 12 years or so. Uh, but Wilson has fared pretty well against the uh, York Adams teams in the playoffs. And uh, there was no different uh, Friday night. But before we dive in completely to the Red Line game and preview the Harrisburg game, I do want to take care of some of our uh, beginning of the show things like our sponsors. Very, very important to us. And again, we apologize for being off the air for a large portion of the regular season. Um, but we're back now, and we do want to thank uh, my dad, Bill, at May's Sandwich Shop, Andy Her, Matt Cruz, and our three anonymous sponsors. We, we you know, we... we um, it makes it a lot easier to do things around here with them when we're upgrading equipment and trying to better the show on the technical side. Their help is greatly, greatly appreciated and allows us to do some of the things that uh, without them it would be tough to do. Uh, so we, we are very appreciative of their contributions to the show um, in the past and this year as well. And there's a lot of ways you can support us if you... Uh, are willing and not necessarily monetarily, but we do love to accept donations and we can uh, trade a little sponsorship and advertising for 
donations as well. The website, get to the website, bulldoghour.com, is going to continue to grow to kind of be an archive and a historical place for all things Wilson football. I'm trying to chip away at that little by little, and I would love to have it at a place that I'm content with by the start of 2019, because 2019 is going to be a huge year for Wilson football, celebrating the 75th season. There's a lot coming your way about that, but we're not going to jump into 2019 until 2018 is, is all done. Uh, and then, of course, Justin's favorite, spreading the word, just like and share. Head over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you can think of. Like our pages, follow our accounts, share things that we post. Just make sure people know who we are, what we're doing for the Wilson football program, and more, most importantly, the players on said program. couple fundraisers to remind you about again. Single game or multiple game or season video sales are ongoing. We haven't sold many for a while, but if anyone is interested, we have them available on USB drives, which they're not listed here, but you can check out at bulldoghour.com, or here you can see the finished DVD sets, which the 1999 season that's shown here, you can see, actually goes seven discs, uh, <laughs> seven discs, and that, uh, one season is just $45 for seven discs. Um, each of those games is close to 40 minutes in length. Some of the earlier stuff um, from the mid-80s and earlier, those games are sped up because of the cost of film, so it doesn't take as many DVDs uh, to cover the entire season, usually just two or three. But any of that stuff from the late 80s to, to uh, early 2000s, you're going to get a huge DVD set, and each of them has a, a custom cover um, so that you know uh, what happened with the season. So it's a it's a cool thing. So if you're interested in that, check that out at the store on bulldiar.com. And while you're there, also make sure you check out the um, used game jersey sale. You know, we have stuff from the 90s, at early to mid-2000s. We're just now getting close to 2010s. I think this spring I'm hoping to get a new batch of red jerseys. Coincidentally, the red jerseys that the players wore in the second half Friday night, I think, may be coming my way in the spring. And I know a lot of the guys from, you know, like I said, circa 2012, those home reds, I'm hoping to have available sometime this spring. So stay tuned to that. And you get more info at bulldoghour.com. Hit the merchandise or the shop. Or you can email or, or tweet at me or talk to me on Facebook. I'm more than willing to uh, converse about anything Wilson football. So just hit us up in that regard. So, quick recap of the schedule. Obviously, we're way on that far right now. We're he heading towards the November 9th date, of course. I have it listed as a Friday, but when Harrisburg's playing, you know it's going to be a Saturday. So, that D36A semis for Wilson is going to be Saturday, November 10th at Harrisburg against Severance Field at Harrisburg High. 1 o'clock is the kickoff, and we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. But up first... Wilson versus Red Lions, so the Bulldogs against the Lions at Gursky Stadium this past Friday night. I mentioned that the weather was not ideal. It was not a great night for football, especially if you wanted to stay dry. And uh, I do want to give it to Red Lion and their fans. They, uh, they had a good number of people come to the game and stay throughout, despite the conditions. It was, uh, it was a pretty good turnout for them to be on, on the road in that bad weather. So kudos to them for coming out. And uh, it was, you know, it was a, a good game for the first quarter and a half. Things were kind of tight. The teams were feeling each other out. 
Wilson got the uh, lone touchdown and then the uh, unintentional two-point conversion, but ended up going the Bulldogs' way for Wilson to have an 8-0 lead. That held through to the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter. Once the ball really got wet and Wilson's defense started flying, they forced some turnovers and miscues from Red Lion. And actually, three series in a row ended on fumbles by the Red Lion area Lions. And Wilson was able to convert on each of those fumbles with a touchdown, one of which was returned by defensive tackle Jeff Colson, uh, the, the sophomore defensive tackle. He had recovered a fumble in the previous series, and then on the next series, he actually scooped one up and took it to the house close to or over 40 yards. So it was nice to see a big guy move and get that touchdown from him. It was uh, a great, great night from there on out as Wilson would go on to win 36 to nothing. After they got those multiple scores within like four minutes or so in the second quarter leading up to halftime, the the game was pretty much in the bag at that point. They were able to get one last touchdown early in the second half that gave the uh, crowd a reprieve when the mercy rule kicked in and the clock continued to run, making the second half fly by and so that everyone could get home and dry off because it was it was pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> so let's take a look at some of the pictures that I snapped Friday night. From the safety of the tent at the end of the one end zone where the camera was positioned, uh, on the left you can see a picture of uh, sophomore defensive tackle Jeff Colson returning that fumble for a touchdown. And then following his fumble on the Bulldogs' next series, you can see on the right one of Elijah Morales' three touchdowns uh, picture there. I love seeing uh, the guys celebrate in the background. There you can see a good shot of uh, senior receiver Isaiah Gilmore uh, signaling touchdown before Isaiah even crosses the 10-yard line. And uh, you're going to hear more from Elijah for sure because he had one heck of a night uh, that capped this season for him so far with a game to go. But a lot to like from the game from Elijah Morales and the rushing offense, as we'll talk about here in a moment. Um, but another thing, you know, you, maybe you couldn't quite tell it in those first two pictures, but these other pictures that I have here, I think you could definitely see what the teams were dealing with all night long. You see Coach Doms being interviewed by 69 News on the left and by Paul Roberts from WEEU on the right, and the rain, just torrential, downpour, just soaking everyone all night long. And uh, it, was just a, a, <laughs> it was just an interesting experience, to say the least. Um, <laughs> I haven't been through much like that in my uh, eight years covering the team explicitly through uh, social media, but it was uh, it was definitely in- interesting uh, to say the least. But anytime Wilson gets a victory, victory, I'm not going to complain about anything else. So um, yeah, it was a, a good night all around. Let's see if I can pull up some stats here to uh, clue you all in on what actually happened, for, mostly on the ground for Wilson. It was definitely a night of. Uh, of uh you know old school Wilson football wanting to run the ball early and often and see where I have it here we go okay so some individual statistics from Wilson's win over Red Lion again I mentioned Morales having those three touchdowns he did that on just 13 carries and gained 140 yards on those 13 carries over 10 yards a carry nearly 11 yards per carry for Elijah and his touchdown runs were from a yard out, I think it was 33 yards and 41 yards. So he had a couple of big rushes for touchdowns, 
And uh, he did the majority of the damage, but Wilson actually rushed 33 other times, if you can believe that. Um, 33 other rushes, um, eight of them by senior Jagger Teller for 38 yards, eight more by junior Avante Lockhart for 37 yards. Uh, we got five from junior A.J. Futrick for uh, 27 yards. Um, Isaiah Gilmore, the senior, chipped in four out of the what, what I'm calling the wild dog offense as Isaiah actually lined up at quarterback, you know, kind of throwback to a decade ago when um, Ronnie Brown and the Miami Dolphins debuted that running back offense, which is really a throwback to very early football stuff and things that you saw in, in college. I believe it was brought to the NFL by David Lee, uh, the quarterback's coach in Miami, uh, 10 years ago, who uh, did it at Arkansas and was called the wild hog offense. Uh, so we saw Isaiah run a little bit of that. And then we got a few rushes from Cameron Marino and Anthony Futrick as well. I felt bad for Cam. He had a, a touchdown uh, as a senior in the last game played at Gursky, and it was called back due to penalty. But I did get some pretty nifty picks of Cam's uh, non-touchdown run, so hopefully he's able to check those out on the website. Because of the efficiency of the ground game and the weather conditions, there wasn't a lot of passing opportunities to go around. It wasn't something... Uh, you know, that Wilson really focused on or tried to do, and, and it, you know, wasn't necessary. So there really was no point in trying to go to the air all that often. When they did, it wasn't completely successful because of the elements. Um, but as a team, Wilson completed just four of 11 passes. Um, they did get one touchdown, though, the throw from Anthony Fudrick, the senior starter, to Matt Fry for 28 yards and a touchdown right before halftime really kind of sealed the game for Wilson and put them in great position heading into halftime. So that was the one big uh, pass that Wilson had that evening. And let's check out on the defensive side where, uh, you know, coming in, people were worried because Wilson has shown some issues at times in pass defense. You know, we all know what happened a few weeks ago against Warwick and a couple of uh, breakdowns against Man, I'm central, even though they really shut down Evan Simon almost the entire game, he threw two touchdown passes, and one of them was a, a defensive backfield miscue, and we, we mentioned before about a couple times Hempfield was close to um, hitting on a few big plays. So people were a little, you know, a little hesitant about uh, this matchup with Red Line because uh, Red Line, um, you know, had been, ha, ha, is able to throw the ball, and uh Wilson shut him down. Wilson didn't let him do that. We got to see the return of Troy Corson uh, back after missing a week with his uh, his wrist injury. And we also had the uh, season debut of senior Connor Cook, who was hurt in the Parkland scrimmage, um, missed uh, uh, half of the year, and then had another um, physical ailment that kept him out for another uh, part of the year. And uh, he missed the first 10 weeks. But here we are in the playoffs, the second season, and Connor Cook was able to uh, debut as punter and play some cornerback and wide receiver. So it was great to have him in the game. Defensively, Corson back, I mentioned he had six total tackles, a forced fumble, a pass breakup. Uh, Matt Fry, who had the touchdown on offense from receiver, had four tackles and a fumble recovery plus two pass breakups. Avante Lockhart from his linebacker position had three tackles, one of them for loss. Uh, on a sack as well as a pass breakup. Uh, Greg Smith, two and a half tackles. Ethan Capitano, the sophomore end, two and a half tackles. Caleb Brown uh, had two tackles and a pass breakup. Uh, let's see. 
Adam Venino forced a fumble, and then there was another one that was just given to the team. But I mentioned um, both two fumble recoveries by Jeff Colson, who returned one to the house. So um, great, great night for him statistically. And, uh, you know, really good night for the Bulldogs overall. They more than doubled red line in first down, 17-8. to eight. Um, They had 264 yards rushing to red lines, uh, 30. <laughs> so uh, they actually had gained 82 on the ground, but they lost 52 between sacks and uh, just stopping runners at the line or behind the line. Wilson actually outpassed red line as well, 77-53. to 53. So Redline's totally yards 83 to Wilson's 341, and that's how Wilson got that donut up on the scoreboard, holding Redline scoreless. They The uh, Redline quarterbacks were 10 of 23 through the air. They only gained 1.8 yards per play to Wilson's 6. Um, even Pretty even in fumble, or excuse me, in penalties, uh, 5 to 6, Wilson had 6. Um... Not too much sticks out here. Time of possession, actually not all that much of a difference. But Wilson did prevent Redline converting on third and fourth downs. One of 11 and one of four, while the Bulldog offense was five of 11 and two of four on fourth down. Um, so that was, a, that was a key throughout the game with the Bulldogs able to keep the ball when they needed to. So the um, the highlights are not the best because of the rain and the way the uh, cameras have been working. So I don't have that to show you. Um, so probably best now to, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the season stats to date. I mostly want to talk about Elijah, what he was able to do, because uh, it was a, a big night for him, you know, going over, closing in on 150 yards for the game. Um, but it's what he's done for the season now that is most important um, he, he's played in all 11 games. He's gained o- over 1,100 yards. Now he's lost a few. So his net rushing for the season stands at 1,094 yards. He averages 6.5 yards per carry and has 16 touchdowns. And he's averaging just a hair under 100 yards a game at 99.5. And, and if uh, Wilson wants to keep playing after this Saturday, they're going to need a huge game from Morales over $100, $100, over 100 yards rushing if Wilson wants to vanquish the Cougars and move on to the 2018 District 36A championship game, which would be on Friday, November 16th. So anticipating a, a big game from Morales is a, you know, a high, high bar to set, but hopefully he can do it. And if he can break a, another long one or two, uh, it would be ideal for the Bulldogs. Passing-wise so far through 11 games, Anthony Futrick has 124 completions for 1,440 yards and 13 touchdowns. Receiving pretty even. There's uh, five receivers between 27 and 17 receptions apiece. Isaiah Gilmore leads the way with 27 for 316 yards and a touchdown. Brady Gibble is next with 21 catches for 446 yards and nine touchdowns. He's the the deep threat, big body target, and he and Futrick seem to have quite the connection going on. Corson's next with 21, but for just 130 yards and a touchdown. Matt Fry next, 20 receptions, 221 yards, two touchdowns. 
And then Elijah Morales out of the backfield, 17 catches for 151 yards, but no touchdowns. Caleb Brown leads the team in interception. He has five, one of which he returned for a touchdown. We saw that the previous week against McCaskey. Matt Fry has three. All those came at the beginning of the season. Gilmore, Hoekstra, Santana, and Magalotti each have one as well. All right, so that's all the stats we're going to talk about. Let's quickly talk about the Harrisburg game, the matchup. With the Cougars, the number one seed in the district playoffs for this season. They had played the previous two seasons in District 5, or excuse me, in 5A classification, still District 3. But they are uh, they're a tough, tough team to conquer. And of course, I missed something. Let's give Elijah Morales our player of the game for the Red Line game. I, I talked about him a lot, but I never mentioned that he is our player of the game. Bulldog Hour, player of the game against Red Lions senior running back, defensive back Elijah Morales. He was a game captain. Again, 140 yards, three rushing touchdowns. So congratulations to Elijah for his contributions to Wilson's victory on Friday night. All right, now let's talk a little bit about the Harrisburg Cougars. So District 3 semifinal game will be this Saturday, November 10th, 1 p.m. at Severance Field at John Harris High School in Harrisburg, where the number four Bulldogs will take on the number one seed at Harrisburg Cougars, 9-1 on the year, their only loss coming in the season opening weekend against Coatesville from District 1, who is undefeated. Coatesville is a prohibitive favorite to represent the eastern half of the state in the state championship game at the highest classification. They would have to get through North Penn to get here, um, and Harrisburg could also be in their way as well, depending on what happens in the next few weeks. But Harrisburg, favorite in District 3, and right up there at the top with the big boys to represent the east in the state championship this year. Despite the losses of some big names by the Cougars and Wilkerson, Anderson Butts, and obviously Michael Parsons, the Cougars have been on a roll. They haven't had a lot of games that have even been close. They've been just destroying opponents. They won that very, very tough mid-pen uh, uh, Commonwealth Division title, their second one, um, you know, back-to-back. So it's, uh, it's not going to be an easy task for Wilson this Saturday by any stretch of the imagination. The Harrisburg team, I think, is still reeling a little bit from the upset at the hands of uh, Governor Mifflin last year in uh, this upcoming round of the playoffs where Mifflin went to Harrisburg on a rainy Saturday and upset Harrisburg um, on their way to um, an epic game against Mannheim Central in the district championship last year. Um, but yeah, like I said, Harrisburg has some trouble in the, the opening weekend against Coatesville. That one was in Harrisburg, too. Uh, but they lost 37-6 to to Coatesville. Then all they would do the next few weeks is just blow teams out. There was They did not have another close game until they played Central Dolphin at the end of September. So following their loss to Coatesville, they came to Reading and won 74-16. to They then hosted Cedarcliff and Central Dolphin East, com- scoring a combined 88 points and surrendering just 13. Uh, Cedarcliff, who they beat 46-13 to in... Their third game is the team that 
blew out Governor Mifflin at the beginning of the season in their in the, each team's first game. So they blanked CD East on the 15th. They blanked Cumberland Valley at Cumberland Valley 45 to nothing on the 21st. They went to Landis Field to take on Central Dolphin on September 28th. And, um, you know, the Rams gave them a game, uh, but ultimately Harrisburg came out on top 20 to 5. They then got to host State College, which was, people probably viewed that as the biggest opportunity for Harrisburg to lose again, and it didn't happen. Harrisburg beat State College 32-17. to The next week, Harrisburg went to Chambersburg and won 28-13 before returning home to take on Carlisle, which they defeated 64-10. to And in their final regular season game, they went to Altoona and won 52-3. to So other than the Coatesville game, they have not surrendered more than 17 points uh, the rest of the regular season. And then... Just uh, yesterday, they beat Hempfield in the first round of the playoffs, 42 to nothing. So they've got a high-flying offense, and they have a defense to match. And uh, they get Wilson now this Saturday at home, 1 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, they have uh, they have some playmakers, that's for sure. Um, they're, they're balanced. That's the thing. They can throw the ball. They can run the ball. They're incredibly dangerous on special teams, as Hempfield found out yesterday. And uh, you just uh, you have to be wary of every facet of that Harrisburg team. Um, what Coach uh, Everett has done there is um, is quite the feat. As just you know, I think it was six years ago there was a chance that they weren't even going to get to play a season or finish the season, and here they are now with a team that they've put together um, the last three years. Uh, right back into that conversation as some of the best in uh, District 3. And, uh, you know, as they proved in 2016, falling short in the state title game and then being upset last year. But, uh, you know, they're a force. They are, are prohibitive, uh, you know, district favorites uh, the last three years, including this year. So it's a tall task for the Bulldogs this Saturday afternoon. But as we've known from watching them this year and in years past and anytime Wilson's counted out most of the time they're able to step up and prove the doubters wrong even if they don't come out with the victory they always have a strong showing and I'm sure the Wilson players especially the seniors know what's at stake know that this could be the last and they're going to leave it all on the field as are the coaches and you know despite um, the way last year and this year is when Wilson is still quite young I believe uh, eight of the senior starters or excuse me eight of the defensive starters are underclassmen with a couple seniors sprinkled in there and obviously they're going to leave some big holes once graduation comes but before we get to that we got one more game left and that's at Harrisburg this Saturday afternoon one o'clock again Severance Field that's the 10th so don't don't show up at Gursky Friday or don't go to Harrisburg Friday night. That would be even worse to drive all that way and not have a game to watch. But make sure uh, you get there to watch um, Wilson's second playoff game. What well, could be, but we hope not, to be the last game of the season at Harrisburg this Saturday afternoon. I think that pretty much covers it. It's tough for me to uh, talk too long without a partner. Um, so I once, once again, want to, uh, to thank our sponsors and thank the football team, the coaches and the players for hanging out with me and Justin, um, before, during and after games and practices and events throughout the year. 
And I look forward to uh, hosting another show, um, hopefully many more shows this year, but at least one more. There will definitely be a ninth episode next Sunday night. Justin may or may not be with me, but if he's not, you'll definitely get me to talk about the Wilson-Harrisburg game and potentially what is in store for the uh, 2018 District 3 6A championship game, which will not be played at Hershey. That I don't know if everyone is aware of that, but that game will not be at Hershey. They won't decide where it's going to be probably until the Wilson-Harrisburg game is over on Saturday. At that point, they'll know the two teams that are left standing, whether it be the Bulldogs, the Cougars, the Blue Streaks, or the Rams. They will then decide where that championship game will be played, and it will not be at Hershey Park for the first time in a very, very long time. So, well, I think that's it. Sorry for starting a little bit early, but flying alone, these solo shows, uh, things got to be changed, and that's uh, where we're at. This is when I could do it. So um, I think that's pretty much it. If you have any questions for me or for Justin or for the show or for the team or for a player, please uh, comment on our Facebook page, send us a tweet, send us an email, uh, joe at bulldoghour.com or wilsonbulldogsfootball at gmail.com. You can get at us in all those capacities and make sure you like, follow, share all of our stuff. But I think that's it. So for Justin, the Wilson Football Program, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. And remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.